there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the second episode. I'm not going to count them all uh, of the ripple effect uh, great week for the podcast great start i hope you enjoyed the first one uh, we're really sort of starting to kind of visualize and explore what the ripple effect as a podcast is going to be and that's why i had to have this person as my guest uh, before i introduce that person i would just like to say we got up to third in the charts mm. in the in the podcast don't give it away don't give it away who you are it's probably in the title isn't it mm. stop it um could we get to could I just get that number one spot so I can just like flex with that for the rest of my life? That's in your hands, guys. So, you know, follow the ripple effect. Give us a five star rating if you're feeling generous. Um, I bet there is one or two. I'll just give three. But don't be that person. Give five. Come on, give five. And let's see if we can get that to that top spot because it's been amazing the support so far. Let's dive into this because we've got so much to talk about. My guest, who is always the first guest really on any new format that I have, and that's why it had to be, and everyone who's ever watched my stuff knows exactly who it is. Of course it is. Lawrence McKenna. Right. Good to see you. Thanks a lot for having me. And now you can speak. And now I can say stuff. Thanks for having me because this is such an exciting show. When you first told me about it, you did tell me about it quite a while ago now. <laughs> um, I remember getting uh, a tinge of jealousy initially because I thought that's such a good idea um, and the way you wanted to do it and when you were describing it. And then also thinking, oh my, that's a great idea for James to do. So I'm, I'm quite excited to be uh, on. Joel, just, just, just so I can say, like your support has been absolutely amazing, but also your excitement for what it is going to be. And obviously we're just like on page two of it now. But I think today will really excite people in terms of where it will go moving forward, um, because yeah, it is through a different lens. And so, in terms of ripple effects, yeah, uh, I've got to ask you, and I think I might ask this to all guests: What's the ripple effect? Just to get us warmed up, what's the ripple effect that's brought you here today? And by the way, we are recording this at Spotify Studios, and they've got free popcorn. What a moment for me that was! Yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah. So you can watch the whole one on a uh, whole video on. Uh, Spotify, of course, if you want to see our lovely faces. Yeah, and it's high quality on Spotify as well. I always notice the video looks really good on Spotify. I know you're big on that. Yeah, I do pick up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's part of the ripple, I guess. So uh, the ripple, I, I sort of wondered how far you wanted me to go back, but you can go Up all the you. way back to like a, an original ripple of how I got into the sport industry or nice. how I got into football, right? Mm-hmm. I went to university and in my first year, I bonded with a few other people. We'd go every Sunday to go and watch the super sunday Mm -hmm. right and uh then one of my fellow students called me and said look there is a gold cup in america going on now the gold cup is to some people golf to others it means football because it's sort of their euros right and so that that's like Concacaf. that's you know the 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 countries that really you want to play for if you if you're never going to reach you know 
England, France, those kind of levels. Sure. You want a grandma that was from the Caribbean. Yes. You want a grandma that was, you know, Canadian or something like that. Because then what you get is a series of brilliant free holidays in which you are paid to, or, you know, flown somewhere to then play. Yeah. So anyway, I go over there and we do a road trip from Winnipeg to LA to Ohio to Miami within two weeks. I find myself at the end of this road trip in Miami. I'm tired. I'm worn. And uh, we're standing pitch side on a f- like an AstroTurf pitch. And this American guy is standing at the side going, of course, you know, the, the players, they hate playing on this AstroTurf. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I don't. Yeah, sometimes they do, actually. And I built a bond with this guy. And we turned out to be uh, the first podcast relationship that I ever had. Right. This guy was called Kartik. And I did uh, a, another football podcast with him for five years based on the Premier League in America. And that, weirdly, was where I took a turn from human interest documentaries into the sport industry. And that's the original ripple of how I made it here. Amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Kartik. That's a good Kartik Krishnaya was his name. Okay, shout and out. And what a, what a guy. He's still around. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't bump him off. Please get in touch, Kartik. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, follow him. He's actually pretty fascinating. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's my ripple to get to here. I like that. You fall I into th- football. Most people do, I think. Well, we did, so we did a live show a, a couple of weeks ago now, mm. and Lawrence was kind enough to come. And we're going to do two Free podcasts ticket. today. Um, sh- and, <laughs> and the second podcast is a bit more evergreen, but it comes from the question that you asked. Um, so we're going to dive into that as well, which is going to be wonderful. Uh, let's... Get involved with some quick fire ripples, yeah. okay? Mini Rippletons. I'm trying to think of names. Ripple tassels, I said on the nice. Ripple show. tassels is such a good one, we, but we, it's too. We need names for some of these different things. So uh, let us know. Uh, you can um, let me know on Twitter, of course. Different frequencies of ripple, I think, is a good one. Like, yes. I, when I thought of ripples, I thought of skimming stones. So I thought like multiple ripples on. But you know, that's not really the ripple I'm. I'm totally actually, after. Yeah, I'm right. more of a plonk ripple. Really? Yes. Okay. Because I'm more of a... It's a 360 ripple. Yeah, I understand. Yours feels a bit more, it's a bit more timeliney. I get that. I think I could argue if I didn't know that we had to do a format point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, noted. Uh, Right, quick fire ripples. Here's uh, the one that I've enjoyed the most. Uh, Yeah, let us know on Twitter. We've got a couple of yours as well, which we can dive into. Yeah. So, Neil Warnock. Back in the day, AG just can't stay away, can I don't feel like he can. I feel like Neil Warnock, his his wife maybe is the kind of person that encourages him to get back into it because she sees him getting out of football. He gets a little itchy. He gets a little antsy around home. And she goes, Neil, you just need to pick up a club. <laughs> yeah. And she's waiting for the phone as much as he is. Well, that's what I was thinking. When he does get the call. Yeah. And uh, so for those of you who don't know, Neil Warnock is a manager who has been knocking about for a very long time. Absolutely. Uh, he's in his 70s now. And every he keeps sort of going away and goes, that, that's, that's it. I think his wife's called Sharon. Like, I think often when you know a manager's wife's name. You know how long they've been around. And you also kind of know he's, yeah, he's a bit of a character. But I imagine when he gets the call, he, he sort of... It's not a mobile phone, by the way. It's a landline on which he gets the call. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but when he... And he actually answers with the phone number that he's on, just because that's the way that people yeah. do it. 3772. Right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and what he'll do is he'll, he'll sort of read out the, the conversation as it happens, just to let just to see if he can get the nod from Sharon, mm-hmm. who's in the living room at the oh, set. Scarborough, was that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Huddersfield Town, yeah. you say? Yeah. Struggling to stay in the championship, you say? Mm, strangely revisit Huddersfield Town, because he was there for two years between 93 and 95, according to my research. Well, here. there was an amazing thing on Twitter about uh, Neil Warnock and uh, Buffon. Yeah. Are both 
exactly where they were in 1996. I love that. At yeah. uh, Palmer and now Huddersfield. But yeah, name. he would have been hoping and waiting for the nod from Sharon and she'll roll her eyes and go, go on then, yeah. one more. And deep down, that's why she loves him. So he did say that all I want to do is work for 10 weeks a year anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the possible ripple effect of those words, if, you know, owners want to be a bit more forthright, because ultimately, you know, a lot of managers do have 10 week stints, you know. Yeah. Ask Nathan Jones. We're going to be talking about Graham Potter later in this podcast, who may, at the time of recording, hasn't been (laughs) sacked. But what if he actually did? That's what we'll be diving into. But what if that became a role, a profile. Like that... a drop-in manager sort of thing. Like yeah. a, a, almost a mercenary, but not. But like a pleasant one, not where it's like Just a... a loan signing almost, isn't yeah. it, to a point. I like that. And Neil Warnock fits that. It could allow... Because I think what you do see often is you see a manager physically change over the years. Yeah. And sort of, you know, wilt. <laughs> so isn't it... Are you saying Neil Warnock... It's like um, a secondment, isn't it, this? I think, yeah. To I, allow you to remain fresh. And I think there's something in that. But Neil Warnock, I think, has sufficiently wilted to a degree where you no longer realise when Neil <laughs> Warnock has wilted. Yeah. And so people always think, oh, they notice no difference in the manager from the time he arrives to the time he leaves. And that's part of being one of these 10-week managers. There must be no show of weakness within that time. <laughs> you cannot be a manager who uh, goes grey under stress. Neil Warnock, already grey. Yes. Already very much the kind of guy that you would think something as stressful is happening in his life, even when he's retired. That's a good point. And also, I think the longer the stretch, the more um, someone who's kind of bullish and goes, I know the answer and it's this, Mm -hmm. that unravels in itself. Absolutely. But at the same time, sometimes you need a manager who I guess you could probably say kind of the Sean Dyche mode in terms of a modern manager who comes in, who's got that kind of strength of leadership, mm-hmm. sort of alpha male, a bit old school. Pragmatism yeah, to him, definite pragmatism, and that definite barbecue. Yeah, guaranteed barbecue at he, some stage. All of these managers must be able to grill meats outside. It's just, it's it's exactly what you're looking for. Or in... at least direct the grilling of the meats. No, if anything, that's I'm wrong. They shouldn't be able to grill the meats themselves. It's someone else that they have to backseat drive the grilling of the stuff. So, uh, sorry, so you've identified two. You've gone uh, Neil Warnock and you've gone uh, Sean Dyche. That very much paints a picture in my head, but it doesn't leave much space for the younger, more pragmatic, maybe slightly more holistic managers. Are those not 10-week guys? I've got to be honest, when I'm... When it comes to those ten week guys, mm-hmm. I am struggling with the with the guys who need that sort of uh, space in that grey matter. Yeah, I understand. To, that. to allow to go, oh, well, let's wait and see. Yeah, this isn't a wait and see kind of role, but I think this allows. Yeah. You know, again, we're going to be talking about Big Sam Allardyce. I think he's perfect for this. Harry Redknapp just sails in and, and fixes it. Like mm-hmm. Those kind of managers. Although I guess the other side of that is names like possibly Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Came he, he, in, did well. He's got a track record of doing that. But aged within the time he was at Manchester did United. Wilt. Yeah, did um, can I Can I throw a name forward that I imagine will be nowhere near the list, okay. but also people will go, absolutely. Alan Pardew. Massively overlooked in English football, mainly because he was terrible at some clubs or massively disliked. But if you have to stump him for like 10 weeks, (laughs) you go, fine, I'll stomach it. And you take Alan Pardew, he keeps you up. And at the end of the time, you go, we had some good memories, mate. And he goes, no, don't worry. No, it was 10 weeks and I'm done. Yeah. And then he just gets in the cab and off to the airport. I drive him myself. It's, do you know what it is? It's, It's the kind of character that sours. 
that can sour and the fan base will sour. You have a three-year narrative within the 10 weeks that you're exhausted by the end of it, but the manager has totally gotten every ounce of sweat out of you. And again, it can be like, what's the turbo boost you need in that 10-week period? Mm -hmm. So like uh, Roberto Di Matteo, does he provide that turbo boost in terms of pure 100% nostalgia? Has he lost that turbo boost? Has Has he used it? Yeah, yeah, has he used all that? And can I then also quote, Martinez as another manager that I think would make that make that kind of impact yeah, yeah. at a club, but ultimately I think fails within the ten weeks. I, so uh, he markets himself that way, fails, has three attempts. That's thirty weeks you've had to have a go at it. You can't do this anymore. I'm so sorry. You know, actually, the timing of the ten weeks could be important as well because actually the, the sort of softer manager who can just get get right. everything kind of set up and and start to push the sort of the toddler of the squad mm-hmm. you know and get him going going okay you you're you right now yeah yeah, yeah you're doing it you're yeah. doing it you're doing it yourself yeah. you're doing it yourself <laughs> that that might be your roberto martinez so i think when when that manager comes in when you need that 10 10 week sort of um either glue or turbo boost mm-hmm. could dictate the manager that comes in but i harry think redknapp. it's something that's like is worth looking at it's harry redknapp you can the, get that harry redknapp's the one harry redknapp's and the he one. needs a transfer window Crucially, yeah, Must comes in January first. Yeah, does what he does. Yeah, gets out of and away I go. Yeah, yeah, and shakes, shakes your belly and he goes, "That was a doddle in it." And and then we get the we get the new nostalgia of as he leaves the club, and I mean leaves the club, <laughs> and I mean leaves the club. He does the little interview outside the window, and it, and everyone's smiling, and it's great fun. And where's he going to turn up next? I think it'd be great fun. Uh, Emmy Martinez, a few people. Um, tweeting me ltd arsenal says yeah. martinez wasting time leading to nine minutes extra time in which arsenal score twice uh, one open net uh, and one with an open net because he arrogantly went forward according to uh, unai emery sure i think the the ripple effect here is is one that's going to sort of in time affect the game itself and it's not on martinez um but this one probably was mm-hmm. and those two goals were um he's he's at a tipping point where he's uh, that's another podcast, isn't it? He's at a different point where he, people are starting to, they really love Demi Martinez. And now he's starting to, people are starting to turn on him a little bit because I think he's had it, he's had it it's, his own way a little bit too much. And the sort of, all this stuff that he keeps doing is starting to wind up a few people. I, I don't think he cares. No. That's, that's part of he it. He truly doesn't. And that might be partly why people um, don't like it. I also think, Uh, I agree with the tweet, but I think I'll add to that sentiment of I always feel when a team wastes time, it's about how you react to that time wasting. So and it also depends on the the state of play in the game as well. Right. Like if if their time wasting is working, sure, that works. But when you waste time against the wrong team, I think sometimes that riles them up to a degree where they go, we'll show you. And I think that did that with Mm. Arsenal. And I think when it comes back to bite you, your own hoodoo so to speak, come it begins to be like so a medicine. Karma comes around. Exactly. Yeah, Car- yeah. Football karma starts to bite back. And that's his problem now. I think the so the broader ripple effect that might come down the road with not as I say, not Martinez, but time wasting in general, which mm-hmm. is so rife in the EFL, it's terrible at this stage. Uh, is is those changes in the laws. Because I think what I have been seeing recently is is those tweaks. You know, like the fact that if a, if there is contact but it's not enough, that's not a penalty. And yeah. I really, really like that. And I think the time-wasting is the next thing. And I think the ripple effect of, the, of a change, a bit like the World Cup, what that will lead to is actually instead of the goalkeeper taking ages, mm-hmm. he'll be hurrying up his kicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the winning team's goalkeeper will go, well, let's go. Look, come on. Let's get this done. Because the yeah. longer this goes on, the more tension builds. Yeah. It's going to be amazing, like, total sort of 
180, 360, 180 on, uh, Could do a 360. on that roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, can the you, opposite. I also think maybe they should shorten the amount of time, A, that goalkeepers are allowed to uh, take that goal kick. It should be almost like a, a even shorter space. They should halve it. Yeah. Because now we know, you know, we know ball boys are very close to the side of the pitch. They can get the ball on the pitch super fast. And if they've got it out of that six yard area, just, you know, come on, let's go. Especially as now also you can kick it within the penalty area. Mm. The ball doesn't, you know, players don't need as long to get into that's formation. True. That's true. There should almost be And like that's a become a set. thing, actually, in terms of the time wasting. The ripple effect of uh, those players being able to be in the box mm -hmm. is that they go, oh, no, yeah, we're going to play it short. We're going to mm -hmm. play it short. Let's just get everyone set. No, no, a bit closer. A bit... Actually, less too late now, isn't it? Let's leave it. Off you go, trot up, and exactly. it's more time wasting. Yeah. And I think goalkeepers are at, at the the epicenter of time wasting now. Absolutely. And so the changes will need to be made. And, and what will you do then, Emmy? I think what he will do is probably retire. He's probably getting towards that point anyway. And I think the wider, even bigger ripple from that is I think people will do the whole, we will get 60 minutes of the ball being in play no matter what. Uh, yes. timer rather than playing the 90 minutes I think there's a push towards that in football now final quick fire ripple effect is uh, a discussion about I mean I don't totally agree with this element of it mm -hmm. so the tweet come, uh, suggests that Haaland signing for City meant that they needed to free up wages selling Zinchenko and Jesus to Arsenal mm -hmm. Zinchenko then scores to make it 2-2 I think the, obviously the other element of that is Jorginho and I think the broader ripple effect I, was, I thought might be interesting is kind of selling to a rival mm -hmm. and how that what that can do because i think often it's actually something that's probably quite common but in this day and age where you know we've literally got podcasts that allow us to talk about these kind of things when you see Jorginho move or zinchenko move to a rival and i think that's going to happen more and more because there's only so many players you can stockpile yeah. and if they're good enough then one of these other premier league sides are probably going to want them and probably going to be the only team that can truly afford them true this kind of stuff is going to happen more and more. And in particular this year, our tactic, I think Arsenal have done brilliantly is they've, they've gone and taken those players that are above them, which is amazingly amazing, obviously a man city side, because, you know, it's one of those things where it's not about your, it's not about your 11. It's often about your squad. And there are a lot of players that don't, aren't getting the game time that could be great for you. What feel like misfits within those teams or feel like they've kind of run their life cycle out within that side? Well, I think that's certainly been the case with these guys. Mm -hmm. and it, I think that's interesting, the sort of, yeah, the ripple effect of a fresh start as well because you can just be... Comp like Zinchenko, you've seen that leadership in him that you saw with Ukraine, but not really with Man City because he wasn't that important. I think there's a, there's a ripple effect there as well. Like, say, Rashford, this is a different thing, but the ripple effect of, of feeling valued is interesting as well. Absolutely. Because, but yeah. you could also make the opposite side of that as well with, um, I think you can see the ripple effect of him not being in the Man City side. So I think what you're not acknowledging is the almost anti-ripple effect <laughs> that he has there. It is a ripple effect in the sense he's been removed from the pond. Yeah. So It's just the other side of the pond. Exactly, yeah. So they're now not feeling that the emanation of his energy out into the team. And you realise the leader's like, you know, and I think people underestimate Zinchenko as well because he was left back predominantly for City. Mm. They kind of go, well, what could, what could his leadership importance have been? And I also think Pep and City maybe underestimated the progression of Arsenal at that point and therefore went, we're not selling to a rival. Yeah. We're selling to someone else that makes the league stronger and therefore makes our job easier. But actually they've, you know, inadvertently done this. Poss and possibly given them the title. So mm -hmm. those are the quickfire ripples. We're about to dive into Graham Potter and of course... Nick Pope getting sent off after this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the ripples and ramifications mm. of Graham Potter's uh, Graham Potter's, I guess, tenure at Chelsea, but more importantly, if he actually gets sacked. Now, me and you, we've been in that football media world for a long time, Too and long. the sort of the jump to extremes is incredibly quick. Mm. And actually, what what I think it does ripple from there is that that does set into the minds often of these owners, and they, and they do end up going. Mm. My my own manager. Uh, QPR, Neil Critchley, who I, I was, and it's interesting as well, because often, often I talk about it from a neutral point of view uh, with other managers, and I go, oh, give him a sec, give him a sec. But for Neil Critchley, I was like, nah, Done. out, mm-hmm. off you go. After 12 games, which is, it's incredible how that's changed over the years. I felt that way with Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool. When I, I, knew, I felt like I knew it was time when it was time. If right. It felt like the, the natural end to a relationship. That sounds that wishy-washy, but it's not. I, no. I get that now. It's I the eye get... test. Yes. Or the gut test, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was, yeah, that feeling for me with QBR was it's like, that's, that's enough. This is sort of flatlining now. We need something. And it, it's kind of, the, the, we're in quite a rationalizing world now where everyone needs to rationalize every decision to beyond the nth degree. And, and, and partly that's where you're a bit of a harbinger of doom because you're really good at rationalizing. <laughs> right. So I heard you talking about Jürgen Klopp the other day and you know you, you were talking about a similar situation. Where, is it time for him to go? And I thought, well, if this reasonable person is saying it, <laughs> then surely there is some sort of discourse to be had. But I think the thing that everyone seems to be overlooking and whilst we're trying to measure and quantify quantify all of this is the i i can only really put it down to the word of vibes okay it, it's down to vibes and club fit and those are the two that seem to not make sense anymore and maybe in the moment we overlooked how much of a club fit certain teams need chelsea in particular need there to be a glove hand scenario rather than a bit part sort of thing what well, so that i mean in terms of the different effects of so let put yourself there where graham potter actually gets sacked in the next week or so mm-hmm. what we're going to dive into here is uh, by the way at time of recording yes he hasn't been he's sacked, sacked. Yeah. he's safe uh, and how that will affect everyone you know in the long term as as much as anything else mm. so one win in the last six matches in all competitions two, two in goals 14. yep two goals in the last six matches a lot of draws though a lot of draws that's true mm-hmm. So when you're talking about the, the decision being made, the one thing I, I would say just quickly on that, because obviously we're going to dive into that world of if it, it actually existed, mm-hmm. of, of him, sorry, being sacked. My my view on it is actually it, you either have to a back the man mm-hmm. or address the situation. Yeah. So those are two um, areas that are sort of battling it out. And if you believe in the man enough, you stay. You stay mm-hmm. with him. But if the situation is grave enough, you need to address the situation. So with Neil Critchley and QPR, we're getting into a relegation battle now. Right. You know, this is this is heavy stuff. So the situation needs to be addressed. My general feeling on it is actually that Graham Potter, he's not, they're not going to get relegated and they're certainly not getting in the Champions League. But so I so I would stick for now because I think the, the ripple effect of of sacking him drives... Let's get straight into it, actually. Is that the, yeah. So this Abramovich culture of sacking, mm-hmm. 
it has always been aligned with Abramovich. And Absolutely. if Abramovich was here, Graham Potter would already be gone. I think if if you twist now with him, with a club that, let's be honest, you're not really expecting them to win the Champions League. And again, this is, I think, is a problem that Chelsea fans have is that they have gone, they have brought in Di Matteo and Thomas Tuchel and gone on to win the Champions League. So I think when Potter comes in, they go, oh, this is great because he's reasonable. He's like one of the good guys. We can have a manager who's one of the good guys, not one of those sort of Machiavellian dudes. And we can, but we'll still win the Champions League or yeah. we'll get in the Champions League. Now, none of that is happening. And so, but that feeling of that he has to go now, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to go now. Nothing has to happen. <laughs> yes. Because he's not going to get relegated. They're well, they're more than far enough away from so that. So they're 11 points from fourth and yeah. they're 11 points from the, the relegation zone. And let's be honest, like with, you know, the amount of money they're spending, that's not going to occur. But if they do, if the pressure is too much. Yeah, what ripple are you asking me for here? So well? what I'm saying is that, that the ripple effect is that that Abramovich culture mm -hmm. That becomes the, that's the Chelsea fan culture. It's become the Chelsea fan culture. It's becoming that if if they kind of get what they want, and actually, Todd Bowley has such a huge decision to make here. Yeah, because he sets the tone for the next ten fifteen years. Now it it might get to October and it's look, it's not worked out, and you've got to make that call then. But to do it now, mm -hmm. I think that you not lay the blame on the on the fans, but to a point, because I guess it's not going well, but. If there isn't that feeling from the fan base and that feeling is deep rooted because of what they've seen and felt and the ripple effects of changing the manager and getting Champions Leagues, then the burden of that goes on to, to Chelsea fans. I feel like that is 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 certainly one for me. I, so you think that I, I understand there is a slightly a Chelsea fan implication. My bigger thing is I don't understand why there hasn't been more coverage of the ripple effect of what Abramovich the Abramovich era did outside of just vibes. So obviously, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about the massive amount of uh, debt that was leveraged against the club when he first left. We spoke about all this kind of, uh, I, th I think, a, a not such good culture that he was building at the club as well. Right. And I think that's the ripple effect of that is they need to unpick a lot of that Yes. Now. And yeah. they can't week to week just go Abramovich again, Abramovich again. So it's kind of just become this, let's just rebuild this thing. And I think Graham Potter is part of that rebuild. So this is, in many ways, this is the chickens coming home to roost. This is the ripple effect of Abramovich. This latency that they're now feeling as a club is something that Abramovich was just staving off for years. Mm. He was kicking the can down the road and selling his soul in the mirror to the devil or whatever it is. And now these next owners are just reaping the uh, the opposite of whatever a benefit is. But I guess the problem as well is that the, that ruthless nature worked you know, in terms to, of the to an extent, yeah, in terms to an of the, extent. Well, it, I think it's it's both worked and really hurt a lot of Chelsea fans in terms of like the Lampard one that really hurt a lot that of stung. them. Yeah, yeah, because of of how it felt. And, yeah. and in the end, it's like winning trophies is cool, but if you win them and it doesn't totally feel right, at what cost? At what cost? At what cost? And um, the cost, obviously, of a, a fantastic power power for Graham Potter first and foremost. Well, yeah, and this whole team. Do you think there's part of him that's like, do it, go on, just do it, just yeah. Do it. Because I don't think there's, a, there's, there's no ripple effect in the fact that he, as a manager, has his reputation hurt. Or, or do you disagree with that? I, d I don't think he has had his reputation hurt just yet. Because I think he could go around with a PowerPoint slide going into any meeting and go, that American was crazy. <laughs> 
this thing was mental what happened there and I got given this team right Luz is and doing the remote I'm doing the remote, I'm doing the remote thing and and then look at the results here yeah and I'd love it, to see you do the weather in the same time oh, yeah yeah and it's gonna be raining there, there and there and it's gonna go on all bank holiday weekend <laughs> yeah my fault so and I think he can he can probably go away he seems like a humble smart enough guy who can uh, you like you rationalize things to someone else and I think that therefore it won't harm his reputation in the footballing world but I think in the public you know you venture into that realm of the managers we were talking about earlier where you you know you become a certain kind of manager oh do you, does this guy need quite a while yeah if we bring this guy in are we going to be waiting a year maybe two until his effects kick in is there a ripple effect on english managers i think there's always a ripple effect on english managers because they're put into such a uh, they're put into a homogenous set of people and we'll get in onto this later with other english managers of course. um and there's actually so much diversity amongst those managers now because quite a few of them are different, different characters to what they were before. And maybe our expectation of English managers is now different. Also now because continental managers, so to call them, have begun to align a bit more with what some of the English guys did. So Arteta's a bit more softly spoken, a bit less uh, passionate in the way that you would expect him to be, possibly in a slightly more anglicised way, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's that too. And maybe also we become a bit more continental, vice versa. So That's true. It goes both ways. Graham Potter comes across as the kind of guy who, when he goes on holiday, knows what dishes to order, those kind of things, <laughs> rather than just he, going... I mean, he is, has been the hipster's choice. And I think that, that's what's, what's weirdly that harms aligning it. with certain... Um, Certain people that don't don't like that mm -hmm. the sort of hipster scene of football, they're quick to kind of go, see, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like you need you know you need that gravitas. But I will say this about the fans' uh, side of it, right? There is very much a prescriptive nature as to how fans should treat this. So I did a video on my own channel about like the I guess what, McKenna. It's called what felt how original. What felt subject. It felt very objective. It whilst it obviously wasn't. It felt objective. But not once did I sort of mention that fit of Graham Potter at Chelsea. Not once did I mention those vibes. Mm. And I think those are important. Um... Are you working on commission with the word vibes? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, but you get what, the 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 feeling and the holistic nature of what is going on at Chelsea seems quite important to the Chelsea fans. Yeah. Um, and those guys, despite reputation, are quite a holistic set of fans that go on this kind of. Uh, not not witch doctor type sort of thing, but they are they're a bit prescriptive like that, where the magic needs to be just so yeah. to which, make the magic which work. Which is actually hilarious. When we're talking about fit of a manager, we kind of know what we're talking about. We're talking about Mourinho, we're talking about Conte, but they don't survive. No. <laughs> no, no managers. Maybe that's, see, again, maybe that, that maybe links into what Warnock was saying. Yeah. Maybe 10 weeks is the way to go. I mean, if that is the case, because essentially this will be 10 weeks. Yeah. Does Neil make the jump? No, <laughs> I think he'd do a great job. You genuinely think Neil Warnock and Enzo Fernandez is a is a combination that you want to see in the Premier League? Maybe not Neil Warnock, but uh, do you know what I will? I do think that this sounds. I don't know if this is bad or not, but Neil Critchley followed Mick Beale, right? Wait, stay with me. And he's a sort of like, you know, upstanding, quiet northerner, right? Yeah. And it, for the Cockneys, it, like you know, for a London club, it didn't work. And Mick Beale before that had that kind of charisma. So Neil Warnock maybe doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But in terms of if we're going for a ten-week manager, there. So there are loads of different options, and they, I think they create different ripple effects. Harry Redknapp would take the job, and he'd get in there, and he'd go, "Boys, just play the game. 
just, just enjoy yourselves. Four and that might two. actually like allow you know allow them to sort of get where they want to be. But I guess the point is, is that Spurs, is what there. are you actually trying to achieve? You know, and and also, I saw a comment uh, in a video I did where we were talking about get Graham Potter out. And then we can get in uh, the new manager, and he's got time to work with the the squad. That's what. <laughs> that's exactly what we wanted Graham Potter to have, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. What are you saying? And at the same time, I wonder if because of the amount the amount of money that has been spent is also not Graham Potter's fault. Are we? Is the other ripple effect of this that we are saddling managers with the expectation of things that are outside of their um, purview and yeah, outside yeah, yeah. of outside of their, their own limit. ripples? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think that's interesting as well, especially with. With Graham Potter, who, I mean, the perception of him was that he wouldn't need money to spend, was that he could do this on a budget of sorts. And I can't really say that. I think there are many players there where I'd be like, oh, the Ripple, apart from Enzo, maybe. I'm like, God, Ripple-wise, maybe Enzo is the only one where they've signed and I've gone, that must be someone that makes a big difference. Yeah. What about uh, bring back Lampard? Nostalgia? Play <laughs> nostalgia <laughs> I think it could. You know what? Actually, imagine he hit the ground running. You, wins, wins a Champions nobody League, will. and then off he go. Nobody will. And, and will do though, or is, he, is it like Dimitro where he's used his turbo? Uh, no, he hasn't used his turbo. Frank Lampard's very much <laughs> still sitting on turbo. I think the real issue with Frank Lampard uh, and, and any of this short-termism is it's constant ripples. And actually, what you actually want to be forgetting about when you have a manager is the ripple of the manager. You don't want to be analysing ripples from a manager. When you have analysis of ripples, you know that something is going wrong. You shouldn't be looking at the impact of, at the club of a manager. That should just be... It should just be. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It should feel like you, you, sh you shouldn't be able to see the surface. You should just know that the manager's there. Nice. Yes. Right, stay with us, guys. Uh, it's on its way. The iconic Nick Pope red card leading to a galaxy of ripple effects. Here we go. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Right, here we go, guys. You start a podcast. Mm. It's called The Ripple Effect. Mm. You're just praying. You're just hoping that somehow something that has some layers to it falls in your lap. And then a giant goalkeeper traps a football expertly mm. first and foremost with his head and i mean the word trap it wasn't the sort of, it wasn't a cushion touch it was amazing but then sticks his arms out did he lose consciousness for a second and sort of wake up i was trying to work out what happened <laughs> so uh, i did a podcast before this uh called pitch side and theo baker some of you guys might know him he thinks his theory is that nick pope forgot that he wasn't outside of his goal out of his box. Outside of his box. He thought he, was, he thought that he thought he was still in his box. Why would Nick Pope think that when Nick Pope... I don't think that's the theory. Lawrence, we tried. Right. We I tried think, to explain it. So my theory about this is I think Nick Pope uh, in the moment panics. Uh, he doesn't maybe think he'll get a red card for that. Maybe thinks it's just a yellow. I don't know if he even has the time to think about that. I think it's just pure instinctive You're, panic. Right. Maybe I'm giving him, I'm giving him too little, too much credit. It yeah. doesn't matter either way. The ripple effect of it is this guy got sent off and therefore he's not in a cup final that is the first cup final that this team have competed in in some years. Since 1955. So the first opportunity to get a trophy since 1999, I think, with wow. the FA Cup final, back-to-back uh, -back FA Cup finals, I remember, as a youngster. Uh, and so, yes, he is suspended. 
uh, after that. And <laughs> well, they has... must have a good backup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but don't worry, Dubravka's uh, he's a good goalie. Yeah. And actually, Newcastle are sort of stacked with their goalkeepers. But Dubravka, of course, and you'll all know this, guys, is cup tied because Newcastle playing Manchester United. And he played for Manchester United. He went on loan there at the start of the season because Nick Pope was signed. Uh, and he will get a winner's medal if Manchester United win the League Cup. And if his now team, that obviously he won't be part of the, the subs bench because he's cup-tied, wow. he won't get uh, a medal for that, which is um, a difficult place for him to be. Mm. But as I said, the, the galaxy of ripples here colliding, it's just astoundingly yummy. Mm. And we're about to dive into it. Mm. So the big questions I've got here, Lawrence, is which one is the first ripple? Which one is the most prominent ripple? Um, I've got a, a, a ghost pepper ripple. It's a new name for a ripple. That I'll, I'll reveal a little bit later on. And uh, and just to obviously finish off the story. And again, I'm expecting you guys to know all this. But because Dubravka is not available, mm-hmm. Mr. Carius. Loris. <laughs> Loris Carius is ready. And I guess the real question is, able Possibly, we'll dive into that as well, to deputise. He will start, surely, unless uh, Gillespie is the other goalkeeper. But uh, do you know what? The sort of the neutral and the ripple effect of if Gillespie starts this, by the way, just to put that to one side, is the the ratings on this EFL Cup final are so high to start with. Yeah. The team news comes in. Boo! Really? I think it, I think it, not, obviously not everyone, but like, I think there's, I think there'll be triple the audience for this. If Loris Carrius is the goalkeeper. If Carrius starts this game, as opposed to Gillespie. Globally as well. Because there is, he's sort of become a figure of fun since, obviously, the Champions League final, which is probably the most famous of the games that he's ever played as goalkeeper. And probably the most famous of the last games that he's played. Because there have been different theories thrown out there as to when the last time he played a game was. Someone said he hasn't played a game since the Champions League final, which is not true. No. So what I've, what I've been told, mm-hmm. uh, the stat that I was going to sort of chuck out there, was that apparently today, the day of recording, uh, he, it is two years since his last match. Right. For Union Berlin, I think. Right. Um, he obviously left Liverpool. He left Liverpool. Let me just show you a photo of the state in which he left Liverpool. Okay. Now, most people get upset um, when people let themselves go. Right. He did. He did the opposite of let himself go. Okay. He did a he, little glow up. He well, he was already glowing. He was pretty glowy. Wasn't but he? that's the build of the man when he was leaving <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> what I've done is I've Googled, and literally, so, I'll tell you the word I Google for this. Loris Carius, big muscles. <laughs> so I, I haven't seen, this is the first time I've seen this. I mean, he he is a influencer for fitness, yeah, isn't that, he? That's that looks not exactly the, the build. That's of, not the build no, of a goalkeeper. That's, that's true. He's not um, flexible. He's not supple. You can see his abs through his tightly, um, his, his, like really tight shirt, and huge pectoral muscles. Yes, enormous. And, and lats as well. Lats. Like, you don't really need that. And I like the I like the little uh, quote behind him. It says, "Don't dream of it, train for it, but never play in it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't say, <laughs> it didn't very, say that. Last. Never play. No, it didn't say. It didn't say it. But he's going to play in it. Yeah. And when we talk about the galaxy of characters for this fantastic deep ripple, you've got Nick Pope involved. Yeah. You've got Debravka involved. Carius, of course, is you know the main guy. Ben Foster, you're going to uh, so let me know about, ben and ben of course, Allison as well. All goalkeepers and all play a part in this amazing story. Where would you like to start in terms of goalkeeping ripples? So I think for Nick Pope, it's so incredibly harsh. 
it, so harsh. It doesn't affect his long-term career. We know it doesn't affect his long-term career. He's made a mistake. He's going to be in Newcastle's number one for quite some years. Uh, he made a sm- uh, If anything, it kind of cements him for the next few years because they go, oh, you didn't get to go to that cup final, so we need to give him something here. I think I, I the thing I would disagree with. I think football's pretty ruthless, and I think the problem you're always going to have with him is he's. <laughs> I mean, he can he's got a great touch with his head, but mm. not uh, not his feet. I think that is a real problem for him, and I've seen that in several games. As composed as he is inside his 18 yard box, he does seem to struggle, and that will I think that will follow him around even more so now. And I think there will be a moment where the club kind of outgrows them a little bit sure if i'm honest um but i know what you mean there will be that desire because he's he's a you know he's a stand-up guy and he has had a really really good uh season for mm, them being a stand-up guy and a goalkeeper is not always the best because you could end up in like a claudio bravo type situation That's where true. you're bought in for a little while you're a wonderful interim a couple of issues and they go nah sorry you headbutted the ball into the ground and then handballed it we're bringing in this incredible goalkeeper who's played for, you know, Sampdoria for two well, so, seasons. So is Nick Pope, is he the carriers of Newcastle? No, because no, not he's not there. had that performance. I agree. He's not had uh, a concussed performance in the Champions League final <laughs> in which he let in goals, which were... Do you, do you think he was concussed? I think it's a nice explanation if he is. <laughs> Let's, do you know, is it one of those where it's just like, if you, if you, you know, if I'm on a lie detector, detector test maybe I'm not going to, uh, and my life depends on it, maybe I'm going to answer differently, but just let him have it. Are you saying you deliberately failed the medical at the end of the game, <laughs> Loris? Um, I think he, I think there was definitely an element of him being dazed. And, you know, there's different levels of concussion, aren't sure. there? So I think he was at least then dazed and then overwhelmed. Okay. And if you're not feeling physically at your best, then you're going to have a bad game. And he, he had a terror. Like, that was... It was so awful. bad when I watched so it back uh, yeah. last night. Pretty awful. The, so, yeah, before we go back to that, uh, I think there's some dead ends in terms of the, the, the ripple 100%. effects. There are ripple effects, but they're not, uh, you know, long-lasting waves. And I think, so one is one is Dubravka. Mm-hmm. And obviously the ripple effect is that for him is that he won't play in that final because uh, he went on loan. Didn't really have a great time at Manchester United in the first place. True. Um, probably actually... Maybe unfairly was um, superseded as uh, number one goalkeeper at Newcastle United. That might be a bit of a, a ripple effect for Nick Pope and he. Well, I th- it feels like Nick Pope's gone out of his way <laughs> to get to get Carrius this this league this. Uh, I always say League Cup final, it's Carabao Cup final. Yeah, same because thing. on on two different uh, areas, he's kind of if he doesn't go to Newcastle, right? Then Dubravka doesn't move on, and also if he doesn't do what he did at the weekend, then again he doesn't make that happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder if they've had like a deep chat. <laughs> Do you think goalkeepers ever have a deep chat? Uh, well, yeah, possibly not. I, I don't, I've, I'll be honest, and this is incredibly shallow of me, but I would imagine that Nick Pope and Carrius in particular as two individuals, based on what I know of the two of them, Different I ends. think it would be quite top line. Different ends of the spectrum. <laughs> be quite of, top line. Yeah, of chat. Yeah. yeah, great catch. Yeah. <laughs> That's about as yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well done. You, yeah, well done, lad. Well done, well done, well done, well done, well done. Well done. Carrius there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so... I, that's the Dubravka element. It's, he's not a huge, huge part. Although, of course, if he's you know if he's not there, then it makes it the reveal is nice. You go, oh well, that'll be. Du-. But wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Does the Carrius music play? <laughs> and then he's like pans to, to Carrius quickly. He's got. I guess there is the other one for Carrius that he's his redemption within English football could also be here. Where that has been the word doing the rounds, isn't it? That word of redemption. He, I feel like that's something that Liverpool fans in particular. 
We felt hard done by on his behalf, even though we Sorry? replaced him. We felt, um, as a fan base, I think Liverpool fans felt yeah. quite hard done by on his behalf in in the sense that we felt empathy for him and no one else seemed to. And uh, obviously, as his fan base, you're going to be more likely to feel that way. Right, okay. To anyone else, it's hilarious. But to us, it's Champions League final. It's Champions League. Sure. Um, and the ripple effect of all of that, we can get back to in a second. But I felt we felt there was hard. he was hard done by, especially in England, and the English media particularly sort of feasted on this mm. because it was hilarious. It happened to him in Liverpool. Yes, yeah, and, and I think it was. Um, it was he was in the long line of Liverpool goalkeepers that weren't weren't just up to it. Do you know, sure. you know when you you, you, well, you put Pepe Reina in that? Or? He was the and other other. Uh, Obviously, clothes shops are available, but he's the sort of top man jeans. Of uh, there was Liverpool sort of would go, they go to top man, thirty quid jeans, wear them for six months. Not really good enough. There's a hole in the middle bit. Yeah. Go buy another one because they're cheap. That's basically what I felt Liverpool did for quite some time, apart from Pepe Reina. And I know, I know that I could see that in your mind. No, he no, was good. So uh, yeah, record wise, he was good. He's done some things post career that sort of upset me. But you know, but apart s- from that, but I, sometimes yeah. you don't know what you've got till you go and buy yourself a pair of Levi's. And no, that's and done. I'm not buying another pair of jeans. There, you know, I'm an adult now. I'm not getting any taller. These jeans are here for life, and that's what Alison was. Alison's yeah. another level of of, of jean. Alison is those ones that even when broken, you would take them back to the shop. You wouldn't replace them. You'd ask someone to sew them back up. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, Whereas does. the other ones there, you're talking about the fast fashion of goalkeepers. Yes. I'm talking about the James Grobbelar in the latter days. Absolutely. Mignolet. Sorry, don't say James in that list. of Yeah, James is, uh, he's a throwaway goalkeeper. Is, um, oh, yeah, he had some shoddy like, moments. He had sure. mistakes. Yeah, he had mistakes. He had rips in him. Yeah, no, no, he had massive rips, but I felt like, <laughs> weirdly, that felt deliberate. Like it, he was meant to be ripped jeans. Wasn't he? And people okay. go, why do you, you wear those? Yeah. They're ripped jeans. And we go, we like our ripped jeans. <laughs> yeah, is that why you had, always had his shirt untucked? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, got you. So with, with Alison, so sorry, the, the final thing with uh, to get rid of another one is the Ben Foster line sorry, is so ben, interesting. Ben Foster's fascinating anyway. So it could have been him. Ben Foster, is, um, ben Foster is possibly the most anticipated goalkeeper move in quite a long time in the Premier League. T- to the degree where... We, you know, it's a, I think that's a fair comment, yeah, right? People have taken an interest in Ben Foster because he is a media personality now. I mean, he's be, he's a, such a likable um, character and such a likable guy, and he's made goalkeeping is slightly more accessible. Sure. And so when people wanted him to go to Newcastle, they did. They were like, well, um, you know, he did that at Watford. He did this vlog thing, and that was like interesting and insightful in Watford. If he did that in Newcastle. Whoa! And people were like, "Oh my! Could he be the Scorsese of goalkeepers?" <laughs> um, and so there was that, right? And I think with him, I would have loved if it was him to do that cup final. Uh, I want yeah. the vlog. I oh, want. I want. Word. I want the eight podcasts that he does around it. That uh, all you know, all the questions. I want to hear what it's like in the all the stuff that is Ben Foster is so it's perfect. What a missed opportunity! Like first for content. First and foremost, Absolutely. but also like, well, no, because he's, uh, if anything, he's he's taken the opportunity to make content because he remained here. Sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I probably gets more bang for it. I don't know. But what I think what you would get is some buy-in from the EFL because those were the guys who allowed him to vlog. Whereas oh, the yeah. Premier League, they weren't having it. Right. So he's actually really fortunate that yeah. it's in this cup competition and not in the Premier, not like a, a game to get into the 
Champions League and the Premier League because they wouldn't have allowed him to do it. But so for those who don't know, Ben Foster was offered that move to Newcastle and didn't take it mm-hmm. and said that on his podcast as he sort of hung up his boots in a podcast. Not literally, but like you know what I mean. Retired. There are a pair of hanging boots on the set. Yeah, it was the yeah. thumbnail, yeah. yeah. But so he, he's got he's got to be thinking, Oh, could have got myself another League Cup final. And he and he's had some great times in the League Cup. Also, he could have made himself, using some of Ben's vernacular here, a legend. A friggin' in, legend. It, it, yeah, a friggin' legend in the game. And I think yeah. it what I'm saying is I, I don't feel it's a, I don't feel the loss of Ben Foster not being there because I think we're better off for a Ben Foster podcast. But <laughs> I do feel the loss of Ben Foster not being there because I wanted that Ben Foster, the con- the concept of that Ben Foster podcast. Has Ben Foster let down Newcastle United Football Club by not being a part of it? Because yeah. if this same thing's happening and it's Ben Foster, mm-hmm. I think everyone's got a much sunnier disposition. Yeah, yeah it's like, Foster, well, he's done it. and he's done it before. And the Geordies are behind him yeah. and there's like that, that whole thing because oh, be he could have been a Geordie hero. And as it happens now... The Geordies are just relying but, on Loris Garris. But there's a, like, you know, that sort of, that pang of when you, you know, you've lost your keys or something. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's, I think, the feeling. So the ripple effect for these Newcastle fans is one, just wishing Ben Foster said yes. But secondly, this week becomes what was hope excitement. Mm-hmm. Well, is, Pope excitement. Sorry, Pope excitement is now um, Carrius dread. Absolutely, yeah. Really? I, and I think that's really unfair on carriers. And weirdly... But, but unavoidable. Uh, completely unavoidable. Yeah. The last final this guy was in was an absolute nightmare for his teammates. <laughs> so bad. So you it? can't overlook that. Yeah. And also then you can't overlook the fact that um, I think what would be interesting is if Newcastle play carriers, will that have the same effect on their goalkeeping need for an upgrade that Liverpool... Liverpool went, this is awful. We must upgrade. Yeah, I mean, they might take more heed when it comes to those... Or just being careful, I guess, with who you loan your second choice goalkeeper to. Absolutely, might, might meet them down the line. Yeah, which is bizarre if you think about it. What uh, Allison, I think, is one of the most prominent elements in this. Really? Yes. In this? Yes, because for a couple of reasons. First, both at the, kind of the start of this and right. at the end, and also Mohamed Salah as well. He is he is part of this as well because Jurgen Klopp as well. Then in that case, yeah, for sure. Now, now Allison, first of all, in terms of. Um, being the huge difference because Karius he, he went out on loan he wasn't sold so if Allison comes in and he's dodgy and he's not up to it you maybe give Karius one more go and who knows what happens right but there, be- by the way there, that's not so far-fetched there was talk about that sort of thing kind of him returning right to the let's give him a breather yeah bring him back yeah so let's get his confidence that, up yeah. the second part of it is what Allison provides mm-hmm. which is an incredible ability to actually get assists. Now, that that uh, what happened was what the reason Nick Pope is that far out is because that is a very clear tactic that's been put in place because they know that Liverpool got to want to counter attack, and the reason they can counter attack in that way, and in particular the pairing that they often go with when it's Allison with the ball and he wants to move it quickly, is that pass mm-hmm. to Salah. And earlier in the game, he tries a similar thing, and I think Nick Pope sort half sorts it out. But if, if Salah doesn't kind of make those runs and they don't have that history where they've scored goals, I think Norwich was one. Another one is more where Cancelo against Man City earlier in the season is another Manchester one. Manchester United, Mo Salah's got the famous that's one it, running through it. against sorry, sorry, James as well. As well yeah. yeah, so so Alisson from a, a couple of different angles creates the sending off yeah. and also takes Karius' place, which creates 
a multiple much, ripples. Yeah, a sort of heavier narrative mm-hmm. in terms of now him being at the at the forefront of I it love now. It. So I think he does play a big, big part in he it. He does play a big part in it, but then you could also say I think Eddie Howe Eddie Howe will probably take some responsibility in this because he yeah. decided to should play. have come out and said something, really. I think I actually think he probably should. Yeah, I think he's hung him out to dry there. Scumbag. Yeah, I think he should have come out and said that it was his tactic to ask the goalkeeper to come out like that. And do you know what else I think you haven't attributed to Alisson but is so key in this is Alisson's flat, flat kick mm. or the kind of uh, low trajectory of the ball. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have had to stoop so low to head the ball if there wasn't that low... Tri- Say it was a normal, yeah. long, high-looping kick. That's interesting. We're talking about a bigger bounce, easier for a goalkeeper to just hop up and over, and he's away from Mo Salah, and, mm. you know, Trippier just cleans That's it up. That's such a good point, because... It is. We've seen this so many times where, you know, where a defender has gone, I'm heading it. Mm-hmm. Don't care where it is, whether it's high or low, I'm heading it. And they end up heading it, and you go, well, why don't you just kick it away? Yeah. Because exactly that's what Nick, yeah. Nick Pope could have done. We're, so Nick Pope uh, basically stooped too low. <laughs> and here yeah. we are. Yeah. Let's look forward now, because what are the ripple effects going forward with this? Because this goes one of two ways, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think that say it goes badly, mm-hmm. that's him done, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just call it a day. What? Start a podcast, hang Can, up your boots. I think Carius, um, weirdly, I don't understand why Carius hasn't already called it a day. Mm. I think that it must be a wage thing. I also think as a you know maybe Easy money in it. It's definitely easy money. I think what he's also seeing now is it's the benefit of being a second or third goalkeeper is that I don't think he ever thought he'd be called on. Yeah. So (laughs) he sort of went, I need to what now? (laughs) Yeah. I best buy some gloves. Yeah. (laughs) He's got those Sondergo ones. He's got got his gym gym training gloves on when he goes. He's got his lifting gloves on. He's got chalk on his hands when he's out on the field. (laughs) And this guy guy is basically going, I've got no idea. My pecs are huge. Yeah, can barely move his arms. He's got to like. move. He's got to lose weight now for mm. the cup final in but a few days. <laughs> got, yeah, this guy has now got to, on a heavy cut, <laughs> a really heavy cut, and it can't be water weight. It has to be the real muscle that he's losing here. So I think inadvertently, what we're going to see is um, much less protein used in the carrier's house this week. <laughs> he's got he's got to gain um, some form of cat like uh, ness. Yeah, it's panic mode, isn't it, for, a, for a lot of people? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that ghost pepper ripple. I'm looking name, forward to right. what this is. So the ghost pepper is one that uh, it's a, it's a ripple effect that you don't really see initially, but then smacks you in the face. Mm-hmm. That's the idea with this one, right. and that is the the rules themselves. Because yeah. strangely, Nick Pope, and it doesn't need to be this way, but it is. Nick Pope gets uh, gets that ban straight away, and it's just one game. Mm-hmm. But if the rules were different, and in particular for Bruno Gomeric, who was um, sent off three-match ban, but they've used the Premier League games, mm-hmm. because of that rule, he's able to play. Yeah. And because of the rule that Nick Pope's got, he isn't able to play. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they'd done different um, fouls, committed different fouls, then it would have been the other way around. Right. There's also another one with this where I feel like it's harsh to ban someone from a competition they didn't get that card in. I agree. I totally agree. That's really harsh. I also wonder if there is there a rule that could occur where you have a chat when it's a final, you go, you've got this guy suspended. We've got this guy suspended. Should we just wash Ooh. it away? And and both managers, but both managers have, have to, to agree. agree. Yeah. So it could be how key is that guy to you? Yeah. 
I'm, I think you generally struggle to do it because, say, Gary Lineker was saying on a match of days, like, let him play, let him play. And, and I was like, yeah, let him play. And then I was like, no, no. If I'm a Man United fan. I'm like, no, we'll have Carrius. Yeah, I'll take Carrius <laughs> yeah. and goal. A beefy Carrius and goal. That's one of the ripples that I actually miss, but I think it's a huge ripple in the long term in the Premier League and something we are massively underestimating. Over the last week, we've seen whether they're legit Newcastle United accounts or not, tweeting screenshots which very much suit the Nick Pope storyline of, was it really that bad? And are we the victims of bad refereeing? I think this is the beginning of the narrative of Newcastle fans being victims in football, like some other fans have attached to them. And I think uh, they're going to, People are going to start to attribute bad personality traits to Newcastle, right? Because nice. this people, is where it turns for them. Because everyone's going, "Oh, plucky Newcastle!" Exactly. Go. Yeah. It, they're no longer the plucky That's team. Great. They're now the moaners. That's really and, and again, it's it's because it's easy. Not many people, not many journalists, willing to go to Newcastle and actually investigate whether they're actually a moany fan base <laughs> or not. Like they just sort of go, "Yeah, they're from the north, therefore they're moany." Is what a lot of people are going to go yeah, with. Yeah. The, the ripple effect that cr- that creates that mm-hmm. is actually spotlight and attention. Because right. because there's no no one goes um, no one goes ugh, Palace fans with their agenda again. Yeah, no one does that. Yeah, it's Arsenal, it's Liverpool, it's Man United, it's it's the guys that get the all the attention. So they are joining that. So one of the ripple effects of being that, yeah. bought by PI the PIF or um, is it yeah whatever the, the investment fund that bought them yeah. um, is. See that how they, quiet I went. There. Yeah, <laughs> that they will now have. Um, kind of like a luxury tax put on their uh, tweets yes. where people go, well, you've you, you got, you got privilege, it? doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get this next 10 years anyway. It doesn't matter. If anything, it's good. And I'm partly thinking, and just go with me here on the ripple effect, if they lose the cup final, I think they should thank Nick Pope. <laughs> <laughs> and here's why. And here's why, right? I think they should thank Nick Pope because it shows that the club is still humble and that no matter how much money you have invested... It doesn't mean you can buy something within one season. Right. And I think na- home. narratively it will help them because in the future people go, well, look, ever since they came in, you just won everything. And they go, well, we didn't win that League Cup. Yeah. And that will help them to create a, um, a like a, a narrative that goes against everyone else. Nice. I like that. And that's all that ma- matters, really. Let's talk about this. Okay, this is where we, you know, we probably need to finish on. Mm-hmm. What if he does it? What if, he, what if he's class? What if Carrius is class? What if he goes to penalties and he wins it? Like, what? Do you know, I think that says two ripple, ripple effects for me. First of all, huge resentment from the likes of Sean Longstaff, Joe Linton, right. Almiron, yep. who've had to go through all that stuff. John Joe Shelby. <laughs> Always at Nottingham Forest now. Yeah. But, no, but no, from but, afar. But t- he's a cult hero, is what I mean. Yeah. So he, he's currently got that cult. He, he's got that, like, oh, you're a Newcastle recent sort of you stuck with us sort of yeah. thing but well, all of that gets completely wiped away well it's sort of because it's they're at the um the sort of micka richard stage where where the sean longstaff no legend. in particular <laughs> yeah, legend. in particular yeah, yeah. will be a, uh will be a hero a cult a club legend right mm-hmm. but will also probably be washed away mm-hmm. by the the tide of money as the transfer windows come and go but this this efl cup final uh, the ability for Sean Longstaff to, you know, get them through in the semi-finals. But if he did that in the final, mm-hmm. Joe Linton, what he's been through, Almer and what he's been through. But if all of a sudden, Carrius 
who, you know, God has blessed him with <laughs> so much. Yeah. Um, but also burden as well. And mm. there, uh, fair enough, look, he's gone through a lot. And no one tries to make a mistake, obviously. So he ha- must have had an incredibly difficult time. I imagine that was quite a dark time. But there will be, he'll be, those players will be like, well, come on. We, we've been working really hard. You've and come in he, and... And he's going to get, that will be known as the Carriers final. Do you mean if there's like a penalty shootout and a... If he plays a big part in it. Yeah. I think regardless, if someone scores the winner and he makes a few saves, it's known as the Carriers final. Yeah, it's already demonstratively a goalkeeper-based final now, isn't it? It's yeah. where the, the focus is on him. There'll be shots peppered down on him. You know, Eric Ten Hag will be talking about focusing on him and, and uh, targeting him during the game. They think he's weak. They want to get inside his head, all these kind of things. I get what you're saying. I... I feel like it's more the other way. So it's more, there will be a hero and they'll all be brought together and then he'll be starting for Besiktas next year. Well, so that was my other ripple effect is if it does all go well, but of course it is one game, he gets a, he gets a move to West Ham. He gets, <laughs> he, gets that, he, gets, he gets another move to a sort of mid-table Premier League team and plays and everyone goes, okay. But, and, but then he's not... Ultimately, it would seem that he was never good enough. But because of that, the recency bias of that is essentially a bit like um, El Hajjouf. Sure. Who was a good player, but got the move because of the World Cup. Yeah. It could be it could be that and it could get him that that move. I wonder. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I have actually come to the conclusion now it's best for Newcastle to lose this final. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, the final thing is that, you know, winning this first one. Because that that's it, isn't it? It's the ripple effect is pure resentment as well from Spurs fans, from basically most fans, I think, apart yeah. from I think people will want the fan base to, to have a moment because it's nice to, uh, to see that. But like you said, that it's the beginning of the end of the ah uh, plucky Newcastle struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. want some struggle in life, and you want there to be the, the climbing to the top of the mountain, and also it's because. I guess for me, the League Cup is maybe because of where we know their ripple is going. We know what their trajectory is. Would you rather it was a massive release around the Premier League or around something big? Oh, right. And would you abstain. rather save? Yeah. Would you rather abstain? Would you rather chastity from all of these <laughs> these cups? Would you rather basically, you know, in the end, essentially pull out of the cup final, or would you rather go the other way? Is what I'm saying. That is a, an incredible question. That yeah. I, I I'm going to leave that to Newcastle United fans. Let us know. <laughs> I nearly said pull out or. <laughs> Pull out or climax. No, you know what I mean, though. The, yeah. There's kind of like so because essentially the I can't believe we're going this right. Yeah. You're essentially you're gonna you're, you're climaxing with a six when you could go and get yourself a ten. If and you're, you're just building up towards that. You're building up <laughs> towards that. Yeah, you'll be. You've got to build up to maybe a more meaningful relationship. Is what I'm saying. That's don't, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. And you're talking about the, li- the, the league cup's not your wife. No, exactly. Yeah, the league cup. You, and maybe you don't want her to be either. So don't waste your time there. You know, scrambling Stringing around. around. Yeah, you know, yeah, waiting. Yeah for anyone to kiss you in the EFL Cup <laughs> final. You know, just give yourself a bit of time, son. Mm. All right? You will be a looker in a couple of years. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Lawrence McKenna, you're a gorgeous man. That Thanks. was a great chat. Appreciate you. Uh, we're going to do a, another podcast talking about uh, Sam Allardyce. Oh, so excited. And uh, his appointment at as England manager and the ripple effect of that. Uh, 
go check out the first episode. Make sure you're following. Give us a five-star rating, and that way you won't miss out on that exact podcast. Once again, Lawrence, thank you very much. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time.